0: back to another episode of the Quack House Podcast. I'm your host, Honest Joe, and I'm really excited to discuss this topic with y'all today. Uh, I'm going to have a few different topics. Before I get into that, let me tell you how you can get in contact with me. If you have any questions, comments, or anything you'd like to share with me, you can do that at quackhouse.com at Proton.me. That's quackhouse at Proton.me. Alright, so the topics that I'm going to get into today, well, this can be sonoluminescence luminescence, acoustical levitation, and I'm going to talk about the Phoenicians a little bit, um, uh, along with a little bit of etymology. Uh, it's gonna be interesting y'all. I'm actually really excited. I, I love uh, the topic of uh, sonoluminescence. I, I learned so much about uh, acoustical levitation that uh, it, it brought me down some uh, some more uh, avenues and I I'll, I'll have a lot more cool information. Uh, all right, so let's let's get into sonolumination. Okay, so what is illumination? Well, from the name implies, it's sound that creates light. Now, how this uh, happens is you have a medium that you put gas bubbles in, and then you expose these gas bubbles to a transducer that sends out frequencies and it, it Makes the gas bubble basically flicker with light, and what's happening is it's basically the bubble's oscillating, it's expanding, contracting with the the, the crescent troughs of the wave, the sound wave, and the gas is, is rapidly compressing, and and leads to the ionization of the of the gas molecules, which creates uh, it, uh brings it to a plasma state. And then, uh, it, so it transitions from an ionized to a non-ionized state, creating the light. Now, the gas bubbles that, or, or the gases they use, are the noble gases. Um, you, got, you also got hydrogen, helium, you got neon, argon, radon, you have, you know, your noble gases. And uh, it, it's uh, the frequency that's used to the, the frequencies that are used to create this are, are beyond our really comprehension um, it's over 20 the 20,000 kilohertz uh, that we can hear and it, it goes to several megahertz so you you have the what's actually happening too is is uh, a nuclear fusion. Is happening. The same the same process that's happening in the stars and the sun is happening with sonoluminescence. And I know in my last episode I just I, I talked about how I thought space might be water, and now I definitely I, I'm just gonna go right here and say yes, I that's what I, I definitely believe. Space is water and there's noble gases up there that's creating the stars and reason why, uh, I really think this is the different, uh, different noble gases that's used, they produce different colored lights. So you have, uh, you know, neon creates a green light, a blue violet, uh, is created by like argon or, uh, z- xenon, xenon, I'm not sure that's that one, um, if you you mix them together you actually create white light which is you know it's incredible because you know white is the, the color uh all the colors combined so you you also create light that is beyond our comprehension or at least our eyes comprehension uh with UV and other invisible lights. Uh, so that's just interesting that this this process produces this, it's, it's the same process that the sun and stars are doing. And it gives out similar lights that we see twinkling in the sky at night. And then it also gives off, we know the sun gives off UV light. So... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that I find this absolutely fascinating. I know uh, recently, I haven't really dug into this too much, but I saw a video where uh, it was China creating artificial sun. I'm not sure exactly how they did it. I, I Like I said, I need to look into it a little bit more to figure out how they what we know about that. But I'm curious if they use sonoluminescence. That'd be interesting. Especially where I um, we went over the universe is one, basically one song, so be like one frequency essentially. So this frequency is sending, being sent out. uh, That that God that God used, and He created the lights and the you know the twinkling stars and the. Shining bright sun. So that's Sonoluminescence. Sono now let's go into uh, Acoustical Levitation. Now, this is something that as, as mind-blowing as I thought Sonoluminescence was, I, just learning about Acoustical Levitation, I, I, I mean, I've actually known about it for a year or two now, but I've Really haven't looked into the process of it, and it's it's stunning. Honestly, um, you know, it's a, it's essentially suspending objects in midair using sound waves. You're manipulating acoustic pressure patterns with two or more sound waves of the same frequency, and the amplitude intersects each other, resulting in regions of constructive interference and regions of destructive interference. The waves are canceling each other out. So and it, it's just used to defy gravity. This is also using frequencies above 20,000 kilohertz or 20, 000, or 20 kilohertz. Um, and they just, you know, they, they ripple the ether and they, they make it so objects can suspend and bit air. Um, What's interesting though, I I found a lot of the uh, uh, applications of this technology is actually used in pharmaceutical uh, region mixing of chemical compounds, drug formulation, nanoparticle research. There's, uh, it's used for microgravity simulations and so I do want to get into uh, oh, it's, oh, it's also used in uh, uh, biology and biotechnology. Study of cell st- structure, yes. Cell studies, um, air, aerospace research, uh, behaviors of materials and fluids in uh, reduced gravities environment. So now I'd like to get into the Etymology of the word technology, um, and in case you're not sure what etymology is, it's essentially the study, the origin, history, evolution of the words, uh, and how meanings change over time. It, it and it dives into logistic and historical aspects of words and. You know, words are powerful. So, technology is a Latinized Greek for technologia. But that, uh, but there's, uh, it's basically that is the systematic treatment of an art or a craft or a technique. Uh, it originally, which this is why it's interesting, it actually was originally referring to grammar. Proto-Indo-European, which is about as far back as we can go back, is the it uh, originally from texna, which is craft weaving or fabricating. Now, uh, the the last part of that logy, l-o-g-y, which is in biology technology astrology, I don't know, just all, you know, all bunch of ology. So, it stems from the Greek logia or log. Um, it meant to collect or gather to speak or pick out words, and Greek logos word, speech, statement, discourse. So that I find that very, very interesting. Um, make, it of a, make it that of what you will.
1: <laughs>
0: now let's get into the etymology of biology. Biology. Bios. is the uh, It's Greek bios. It means life or lifetime. In pi, I'm not even... In the Proto-Indo-European, I don't even know how to pronounce that. G-W-E-I... Uh, basically just meant to live. Okay. So, basically, to live. So, if we do biotechnology, it would be to live crafting speech. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. It, it's just interesting um, how, in my opinion, a lot of the biotech Seems to be geared towards some type of con. are gearing up to be some type of control. Now let's uh, let's move on. I I was thinking, let's get back to the acoustical levitation. So, what really first made me realize it was even possible, if and I don't even know if this video is edited or not. I uh, just know that it. It, uh, it put an impression on my mind, and I could not relieve that impression. It was a video of these large rocks, about the size. I mean, they they were bigger than a loaf of bread. They were <laughs> they were good sized rocks, and they were sitting on what must have been large transducers and they just shot up with and you sound you heard this like rumbling sound and they were levitating so i will try to find that video and link that in the show notes so you know what i'm talking about i've also seen this isn't necessarily uh acoustical levitation but it's another one of those things that i like to call the mysterious property of the sound and how sound it just, yeah, it's just amazing. Um, so, you have... Um, I'll just grab the video, and I'll, I'll link it if I can find it. Um, essentially, it's... It sounds like just someone playing crazy bass, but their door, think the glass on their door, is wobbling and vibrating in, in ways it should not be able to do without... Is completely shattering uh, now again this could be completely edited you know uh, edited video but I don't know sound sound can do some pretty incredible things and that kind of got me thinking too about different Different uses of the of sound and like what what kind of other technologies do we have that we use sound for? And it also brought me thinking to the the whole Battle of Jericho when the Israelites marched around the wall and blew the uh, trumpets and the walls came down. Now, were they using some type of weapon that could do that, some type of sound device that could, some type, of, some type of sound device that could knock down the wall, or was it just completely divine in, uh, intervention? Now, just knowing the, the properties that, of sound and what it can do, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that it was probably a weapon that they had. That doesn't mean that there wasn't some divine intervention either. I'm sure there was. Um, So there's the uh, so I was yeah just looking into the modern day weapons that they have. So they have long range acoustic devices, which they can create uh, discomfort and disorientation for crowd control. So they can just make you feel dizzy or sick or something. Then, military aircraft have something known as sonic boom generators that can actually damage structures. Hmm. Uh, Then you also have uh, something called focused acoustic energy, which is high-intensity sound waves uh, directed at a focal point. So this is actually similar to focusing a a light with like a magnifying glass but except for using the sun rays you're using sound waves there's also phased array systems they use multiple sound devices that emit sound waves in coordination uh, adjusting timing and uh, the fate phase steer and focus sound waves in a particular direction um so, there's some applications for that, like mental imaging, communications and defense, and non-legal deterrences. Uh, they have something known as the sonic barrier, which is a, to block or disrupt enemy communications. Area denial, where they can... Well, it's essentially like the crowd control one, where they make the area so uncomfortable that it prevents people from even entering or pursuing any activities in that area, and they also could uh, use it to disable vehicles and aircrafts. So just based on what we have for modern-day weapons, I'm gonna just go ahead and think that yeah, they probably had some type of sound uh, sound weapon over there in that Battle of Jericho. Now, There's also um, something I just learned about, too, is uh, acoustic spyware. Essentially, um, this computer program can listen to the keystrokes and actually know what you pressed for a key, depending on the, the way it sounds. So um uh, it, it's actually about 95% accurate so you know it, it's pretty yeah, that's pretty accurate <laughs> um so that just keep that in mind <laughs> Now All right now let's get into the Phoenicians Now this this is an interesting topic and the reason why I even thought of it is because the, uh, the name Phoenician was so much like phonetic or yeah phonetics or phon- uh, that uh, I grew up in the generation where they had hooked on, hooked on phonics and uh, so it, uh, just I know telephone and just the, the that has Uh, to do with sound and everything. So I I wanted to look into them a little bit. And I was not disappointed. The Phoenicians were around the the 15th century BC. And they were around for quite a while. Um, They were referred to uh, uh, by others as the Phoenicians because of the purple dye that they that they were known for they were uh, it's actually a very it's, it's called Tyrian purple and it's actually very labor intensive made from the mucus of a mirax sea snail and since it was so labor intensive it was basically uh, only worn by royalty I mean I'm sure people know about uh, purple essentially being the the color of royalty, which will I'll actually we'll, I'm gonna come back to because um, I wanted to get back I'll get back to the the, the sound thing of Phoenician, so it was uh, the word phonetics etymology would be uh, Greek and it'd be phonetikos meaning vocal or to be spoken or utterable. Now, what's interesting is the Phoenician alphabet is actually how we get the word alphabet. The first two letters are ELF and BET. Known for their writing systems to represent individual sounds, Specifically the consonant sounds, but this distinct symbols instead of So each symbol that uh, the Phoenicians had represented a single consonant sound which allowed for uh, greater versatility uh, In recording different words and sounds. Now I find it very interesting So uh, I know the the Greeks uh, adapted and modified the Phoenician alphabet I believe the Hebrews did as well Latin, inspired Latin, uh, which turned into English. So uh, it, it's very interesting that I, I mean, I find it very fascinating that we get the word alphabet just from their first two letters. Now, the reason why I find this interesting is because the Phoenicians actually uh, were considered themselves Canaanites. Hmm, that's interesting, right? So, and they had they were known for their, their purple dyes, and the, uh, the the purple royalty. Now, I'm just gonna go out there on a very thin limb, and see if I can do a little dance. So we got okay. So this is gonna take a really side turn right now. I'm going to talk about the the, the flags that countries have and how that's essentially a, a, a logo uh, or the, the, the team's uh, team jersey colors essentially. So we got USA which is red you know red white and blue what what happens when you uh, combine red, white and blue? Well, depending on the ratio you get various shades of purple. That's interesting. And then if you look at Russia, their colors are also red, white, and blue. Hmm. So that makes purple. Philistines or uh, uh, the Philip. I'm sorry, not Philippines. Philippines are also red, white, and blue. Hmm. That's just that's just a couple. Uh, I roll a few. Um, I'm sure there's you can find others, but I just find it interesting that that we have the, the colors of the United States, where I'm from, and I'm assuming most listeners will are. When you combine the colors, it makes purple. Then I was just curious, like, what kind of like are there like famous families or houses that are known for purple, for specifically the Tyrian purple? Well, you have the Julian Claudio dynasty of Rome, which includes Nero. The House of Flavia. I'm probably butchering these names. I'm sorry. also European Empire, which is would include uh, like Titus and Vesp- Vespasian I'm so bad with war- uh, names. I'm so bad I'm sorry. Uh, then you have the House of Osman from the Ottoman Empire, House of Solomon, which would be the Ethiopian Empire, which uh, surprised me that they actually had an empire. That's cool. House of Savory, House of Bourbon. Now, not all of them are considered to be specific to Tyrene and Purple, but they all were known for Purple. I find it pretty interesting that, essentially, the Hebrew and Greek which is what the Bible is written in, came from Phoenicians, who were Canaanites, essentially from royalty, and that's where we got our alphabet. And we know language is my control. So, I 100% believe in the Bible, but I think we need to remember that it is, it is the Word of God, yes, but is the Word of God written by man. So these Phoenicians, they're Canaanites, they worship gods like Dogon and, and Baal. So could they possibly have try, uh had a language that influenced at least influences our mind to support to try to support these little Gs, these little G gods. I don't know. That's just my quack house question for y'all. And if you got any answers, comments, questions, I got if I got a whole bunch of Whole bunch wrong. Go ahead and email me at quackhouse@proton.me. At and I'll be glad to answer y'all. With that, episode 3 is done. Episode 4 it's going to be interesting. We're going to keep on going with this uh, this theme. And next time I want to look into a little bit more etymology stuff. Um, talk a little bit of the, the Black Cube. Sirens, not like from police cars or whatnot, but like the uh, what would pull ships from sea uh music's, uh music's influence on mood perception and social engineering this one's gonna be pretty good too <laughs> can't wait to talk to you then until then have a good one